Monday, August 27, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado, and we are back again this week to discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense, which when we look around the sports world these days, and we look specifically at the sports media these days, yeah, we really do need some common sense sometimes because some of the things being thrown out there They don't make a whole lot of sense. There are some bizarre takes being thrown around by the sports media sometimes. You know, I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. I hope that you got some time away from work. I hope that you got to rest. Maybe you got to relax a little bit. Maybe you got to sleep in. I hope you did all those things. I also hope, I hope that you got to see just a glimpse of some college football this weekend because football is coming very, very quickly. Big time college football games begin this week. And I mean big time college football games. We are going to have a huge slate of games coming later this week. And you know what? This week, we just might have to do some talking about the upcoming college football season because there are a number of things coming that are going to be very, very exciting. Should be a really, really fun season. We are going to be discussing college football a lot this week. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show and tell us what you are looking forward to, maybe this football season, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email at dailydosesports at gmail.com or feel free to go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. We do post links to the podcast there every day as well as every once in a while we might throw out some random thoughts, might have something over there for you, might want to just follow us and check out what we put up over there. But maybe you have a comment, maybe you have a suggestion, maybe you have a question for us, maybe you have something that you would really, really like us to cover here at The Daily Dose. Hey, feel free to send it out. We would love to hear from you. Today on the show, like we do on many Mondays, we like to recap what we learned from the weekend in sports. Because, you know, it's not enough to just watch sports and say, okay, we watched some sports, we took it in, we drank some beer, we ate some brats, smashed the beer can on our head, feel like we've done enough for the weekend. We like to look a little bit deeper at the world of sports, maybe try to actually get some knowledge from it. Maybe try to actually learn something from it. And on Mondays, we do like to look at what we learned. Let's jump in right now because like I said, college football did start this weekend. And no, it wasn't this huge slate of marquee matchups at all. There were a couple of small schools that got started. I guess they technically call this week zero in college football. I have no idea what that means. Week one this next week is going to be huge. Like there's a major big time matchups coming up this next weekend in college football. But this was week zero. And I guess if I was going to compare it to something, you know how in Major League Baseball says they have opening day and they schedule their opening day. What is it? Like February 23rd or whatever. It's getting (laughs) earlier and earlier every year. But then they've already played games over in Japan or something like a week earlier. College football kind of does that. They say this is week zero. And then next week is week one. That's when the real games start. But we did see a couple things take place this weekend in the world of college football. Want to talk about those right now because we learned that the college football season, it's just getting started. It hasn't even officially started for most teams in the country, but it's already not starting off in the best way for the University of Michigan Wolverines. We got news yesterday that wide receiver Tariq Black is now out indefinitely with an injured right foot. Now keep in mind, We talked about some big-time matchups coming up this weekend. The 14th-ranked Wolverines opened their season this coming Saturday night 
at number 12, Notre Dame. And Tariq Black had 11 receptions for 149 yards, but he only played three games last season. Why did he only play three games? Because he got injured and he needed surgery on his left foot. Now he's injured the right foot. Now, if Black is out for an extended period of time, that's going to be a struggle because in practice so far, he has been one of the top receiving targets for Michigan. We know. Michigan needs some offense. That defense should be pretty solid. Jim Harbaugh has got that defense put together pretty well. What have they struggled with? The offense. They're still trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be. It looks like it'll be transfer Shea Patterson. Who is Shea Patterson's top receiving target in practice so far? Tariq Black. Not a great start for the Michigan Wolverines. No, it's not ending their season. But not exactly the way that you would want to start if you were Michigan, is it? Probably not. Big, big season coming up for Michigan this year. We're going to be talking about them later this week. You know, one thing that I learned, and this is personal, I learned that in my home state of Colorado, we are about to have another horrible season of college football. On Saturday night, if you didn't see it, and let's be honest, why would you? Nobody watches college football in Colorado anymore. But on Saturday night, the Colorado State Rams lost to Hawaii. At home, 43-34. to Not a great start for Colorado college football, is it? Certainly not a great start for Colorado State. Now, Colorado State has the University of Colorado next week, which we know every year, like clockwork, they lose to Colorado. In their best years and Colorado's worst years, Colorado State still usually loses to Colorado. It's just something you can set your watch by. And honestly... Colorado State's probably going to lose to Air Force too, which means once again, here in my home state of Colorado, the best college football program in the state is a military academy. Honestly, think about that for a second. Let that sink in for one second. A military academy is better than a state-funded local university. That doesn't make any sense. Why is Colorado not better? Why is Colorado State not better? And I don't want to hear it, Buffs fans, because we all know what you're going to do this year. You're going to beat Colorado State because you always do. And then the rest of your season, it's going to be below average. It's going to be very, very mediocre. That's just how this state has gone. Once again, we're going to have horrible college football in my state because college football just sucks in Colorado. Hey, I love my home state. I do. But man, there is part of me that really does miss the glory era, the glory years. Remember those years back in the day? I remember when Colorado under Bill McCartney was contending not just for, at the time, big eight championships, but for national championships. Colorado was taking on everyone. They were playing in big time, early out-of-conference games. I remember them playing like Tennessee as one of their big out-of-conference games. I remember them facing USC before they were in the conference with them. I remember them taking on some big-time college football programs. Colorado was a big dog in the nation at that time. I remember even under, you know, Rick Neuheisel, Gary Barnett, they were still contending for championships. No, they weren't national championships so much. Barnett had that one year that they kind of did, but they were at least contending for conference championships. I remember a little bit up at Colorado State under Sonny Lubick, 
Colorado State had some things going. No, they weren't contending for national championships. That's never going to happen at Colorado State, I don't think. But they were contending for, I don't know, the lead in the whack or whatever it was. Like They were at least decent. They were going to bowl games every year. It used to be Colorado college football wasn't that bad. Colorado, national contender. Colorado State, conference contender. Air Force, just scrappy, right? That was pretty good. You know, I kind of miss those days. I do. And yes, there was an inordinate amount of violence going on. There were a number of rapes taking place here in Colorado. I understand. You know what? Now that I think about it, maybe I don't miss that. You know, now that I've considered it, I'm actually okay with Air Force being the best college football program in the state. Because when I really reflect back, I don't want to go back to those days. I don't need that in my life right now. I don't need to be looking over my shoulder, checking for college football players, preying on my loved ones. I don't need that. So you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I don't want those glory years back. I'm happy with the way things are. Yes, college football sucks in Colorado. But crime, while still a factor, and there's still some bad things that happen here, it's not quite as bad as it used to be. I'm okay with that. We'll stay where we are. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue to take a look at what we learned from the weekend in sports. You know, the NFL saw a number of interesting things take place over the weekend. And one of the Super Bowl favorites, yeah, they lost yet another player this weekend. So continuing with what we learned from the weekend in sports, and I want to jump into the NFL. Because we saw a number of things take place in the NFL. Hey, the NFL has one more preseason game left. It's that worst game for preseason game that most of the teams will be playing, I don't know, this Thursday or Friday. None of the starters play. It's all backups vying for that 48th, 49th, 50th spot. You know, those guys, they'll be on display. It's not very good football. Sometimes it's entertaining. I'll give you that. Sometimes it is fun because there is some true drama there. There are some young guys that are trying to make the squad. And for that, it can be interesting. But as far as actual football, not that great. But then that following week, after Labor Day weekend, that next weekend, NFL football gets going and it gets going in a big way. That's going to be very, very fun. So this was the final real preseason week where we saw starters actually in games. And we learned a number of things from watching those games. One of the things we learned is that the New England Patriots, they lost yet another wide receiver for the season. No, nobody got hurt. But Eric Decker announced yesterday he is retiring from the NFL effective immediately. Now, Decker had signed a one-year contract with the New England Patriots back on August 3rd. He announced his retirement on Instagram Sunday afternoon. Hey, the Patriots have barely anyone at Whiteout right now, and they were saying that Eric Decker was somehow on the bubble. I don't even know how he's on the bubble. They barely have enough wide receivers to create a bubble, but Decker was on the bubble. So apparently, he has lost more than a step if he was that bad. Because they are desperate for wide receivers in New England. If he was on the bubble with that group, Eric Decker is not the same football player he used to be. Meanwhile, the ultimate question I still have. I realize it's the Patriots. I understand the way they operate. But who in the world is Tom Brady going to throw to this year? Look at these wide receivers he has. And yes, he has Rob Gronkowski. I get that. But after that, Julian Edelman is out for four games for, I don't know, inflating his muscles. <laughs> Then you have Chris Hogan, Cordero Patterson, and Philip Dorsett. Hey, this Patriots team is going to be fascinating to watch this year. 
Because if Brady somehow wins and continues to get the Patriots to the playoffs, basically by not only throwing the ball, but I don't know, I guess going out and catching it himself. Hey, there's no doubt he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, wait, he can't catch. Never mind. It isn't going to be easy is what I'm saying. Tom Brady is going to have his work cut out for him this year. He doesn't have much help. He has Rob Gronkowski, eventually Julian Edelman, and that's about it. You're going to have to keep an eye on the New England Patriots this year. I learned here in Denver, I'm not trying to make this show all about Colorado or anything, but there was some news that came out about my local Denver Broncos because I learned that John Elway, he really, really misses Aqib Tlaib. Remember Aqib Tlaib? He's now with the Los Angeles Rams. He was with the Denver Broncos. And one of the things about Aqib Tlaib that I really liked, he was just a dude. He went out, he wanted to win. Yes, he might go all three stooges and poke you in the eyes. No! I get that. But dude wanted to win. And make no mistake, if the game was on the line so many times, we saw Aqib Tlaib be the guy that made the big play that turned things for the Denver Broncos. We saw it a lot. He is just a gamer. There's just something about Aqib Tlaib. He just makes plays. Of course, Denver had to let him go due to financial constraints. He's now in LA. So on Sunday, the Denver Broncos went out and tried to find a guy, maybe sort of like Aqib Tlaib. The Broncos announced yesterday they would be signing former Cincinnati Bengal and village idiot Adam Pacman Jones. Outstanding. Now, Jones worked out for the Broncos on Sunday morning. He has a history with Broncos head coach Vance Joseph who was the Cincinnati Bengals defensive backs coach from 2014 to 2015. Jones played for the Bengals from 2010 to 2017. He turns 35 later in September. And he played in only nine games last year due to a combination of injuries. Oh, and a one-game suspension for a violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy because of a prior arrest. And he has a number of arrests. He has a history of off-field incidents. So why sign him? I do. I think John Elway misses Aqib Tlaib. So he went to get a guy that was similar to him. Cocky. Brash. He does bring an attitude to the team, doesn't he? Now, talent? No. He can't hold Tlaib's jock when it comes to actual talent and cover skills and playmaking ability. But the other stupid stuff, kind of crazy and kind of cocky, yeah, sure, he can totally do that. One brief side note not being announced on most major sports networks. You only get it here at the Daily Dose. Apparently, upon the signing of Jones with the Broncos, it has been reported that Denver strippers have suddenly begun to ask for transfers to Cincinnati. (laughs) Not really sure what that's about. That's got to just be a coincidence. Crazy. I mean, you wouldn't think you'd want to go from Denver to Cincinnati. I don't know. Whatever. You know, we also learned that the Jacksonville Jaguars were the victim of an illegal hit this weekend, and it could cost them. Because wide receiver Marquise Lee was injured when he was tackled by an Atlanta Falcon safety midway through the first quarter. He caught a pass over the middle of the field and the safety went low and hit Marquise Lee in the knees. His left knee buckled immediately. He grabbed it with both hands and the Falcons defender was penalized on the play for lowering his helmet to initiate contact. Replay showed his helmet made contact with Lee's knee. Here's the problem. We are now reaching a point in the NFL. Hey, where can guys hit? You've told me I can't hit him in the head. Where else can I go? I've got to go low. 
It's the only way I can bring him down. I can't try to hit you in the chest. You'll bounce right off of me. So I go low. I hit you in the knee. Now you could be out for the season. And we kind of talked about this a few weeks back. But honestly, players would rather have you hit them in the head than in the knee. They may be able to come back in two or three weeks. Marquise Lee could be done for the season because this guy decided to go low. But like I said, where else can you go? Now that preference for getting hit in the head will change as they get older. They'll say, oh, why didn't you go up my knee? Now I'm having head injuries. Now I'm having CT injuries. I wish you had gone to my knees. But right now, players are saying, no, I'd rather you go to my head. Smash me in the head. Don't hit my knees. Marquise Lee might lose this entire season because someone went low. We also learned that Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck can still throw touchdowns. Wait, sorry, not touchdowns, touchdown, singular, not plural. You know, it took all the way up to Andrew Luck's final series in the preseason with the first team offense to finally score a touchdown. Luck, of course, missed last season with that right shoulder injury. He threw a 15-yard score to tight end Eric Ebron early in the second quarter of the Colts game this weekend. The first team offense scored 16 points, had six punts, and an interception in 11 series with luck in the preseason. Now, should we take too much from this? I mean, I guess not. It's preseason. I have a hard time taking anything serious in the preseason. But remember, Andrew Luck, for the most part, has been going against vanilla defenses. And he hasn't been taking huge hits. He seems to be back. He seems to be healthy. Hopefully he stays healthy. But remember, those hits are coming in the regular season. It's not going to be vanilla defense in the season. And he doesn't have a whole lot of help in Indy. Colts fans, you're going to be holding your breath all season. Yes, he finally threw a touchdown this last weekend in the preseason. It might be a tough year for the Indianapolis Colts, though. You know, we learned that the Pittsburgh Steelers are running out of tight ends. Jesse James is the latest Pittsburgh tight end to go down. He left Saturday's 16-6 win over the Tennessee Titans with what they are labeling a back contusion. Coach Mike Tomlin said he didn't know the severity of the injury, but James was the team's only healthy tight end out of a three-man rotation. Now he's banged up too. The next tight end up, I don't know, some guy named Bucky Hodges who has never caught an NFL pass. And you know what's worse? Is that quarterback Ben Roethlisberger basically threw James into the injury by throwing the pass to him high and over the middle. Now, The Pittsburgh Steelers, when you look across the board, they are probably the most talented team in the AFC. You picking them for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm not so sure. They do have some issues on that team, and it does make you a little bit nervous to jump in too much on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now an injury to a tight end, someone who they like to throw to, makes you a little bit more worried. You know, I learned that the New York Giants have a very, very short memory. It sounds like the Giants appear to be closing in on that much-publicized contract extension with superstar wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Reports are that a deal between the two parties is close, but not done. And it's been reported in the past couple days that Beckham and the Giants have made significant progress. They could get a record-breaking contract done by the start of the season. So, apparently the Giants have completely forgotten about the whole cocaine on the hotel bed thing, right? I'd be real nervous if I was the New York Giants. I understand that over the last few months, Odell Beckham Jr. has been the really, really good boy. 
He's been really, really nice. He's been showing up. He's had a really good attitude. He's been working really hard. But I don't know if that's really him or if that's like Odell Beckham Jr. going out on a date. Like, you know, when you go out and you're just like a representation of yourself, not really you. I don't know what I'm getting with Odell Beckham Jr. Am I getting the guy who's on time to everything and working really hard? Or am I getting the guy in the hotel bedroom with the girl and the cocaine on the bed? I don't know is what I'm saying. You're going to give him that giant contract? Be careful. Be very careful. That short memory could harm the New York Giants. The final thing I learned this weekend in the NFL is that ESPN is scrambling after comments from one of their on-air personalities. ESPN dropped some interesting news on Friday afternoon. As the big lead initially reported that host Michelle Beadle will leave a show called Get Up that she used to co-host in order to set up a new NBA postgame show that is going to launch this fall. Also, it was announced that Beadle has extended her contract with ESPN, but she will focus strictly on the NBA from here on out. Now, this news comes as one big wacky coincidence following Beadle stating that she does not watch the NFL. It's kind of interesting for someone that covers the NFL. It's kind of interesting for someone that talks about the NFL on ESPN. Here's the quote that she said last week. There's a reason this will be the second season I don't watch NFL. And I don't spend my Saturdays watching college football either. I believe that the sport of football has set itself up to be in a position where it shows itself in the bigger picture to not really care about women. They don't really care about people of color. But we won't get into that for NFL either. But as a woman, I feel like a person who has been marginalized. And every single one of these stories that comes out, every single time, pushes me further and further away. I realize they don't care, but for me, it's opened up my weekends. I appreciate you for giving that to me. I don't care anymore. Now, I'm not going to sit here and argue her points about the NFL and whether it likes women or whether it doesn't. Maybe football doesn't care about people of color. I mean, they seem to be helping a number of minorities, especially collegiately, but maybe she's right. Maybe they don't care. And on the subject of women, maybe football doesn't care about women. I mean, aside from wearing pink stuff for one month, they probably don't care that much about females. And that pink stuff doesn't actually give any female groups any money. It's just a different color that they wear, they say, to raise awareness. They don't actually donate any money or do anything based on the pink stuff they wear in October. They just do it. And you know what? It's not just Michelle Beadle. I have heard a number of people. I've had people write to me here on The Dose. I have had people in my personal life say these same things. They are turning off the NFL more and more lately. Maybe they're mad about the kneeling. Maybe they're mad about the rules against the kneeling. Or maybe there's bias against minorities or bias against women. Hey, I get all that. If you run a corporation as big as the NFL, you are bound to set some people off. There are going to be people that don't appreciate the way you do business. I understand that. These things happen. But... One thing I do hope, I hope that Michelle Beadle and whoever else is turning off the NFL and turning off football in general is keeping in mind that these things do happen in every corporation pretty much in the world. So I hope on your days off when you say you're not watching football, I hope you're not going to watch movies because we know all of the hashtag me too problems that Hollywood has. So don't be watching TV or going to the movies and also, let's not act like the NBA is a model of perfection. You would think 
that Beadle might have been better advised to speak on some of these things and have a conversation on some of these issues, try to raise some awareness on her own, but it sounds like she's just going to get moved from her post and just talk about the NBA. Just be careful is all I'm saying. Be careful about throwing stones NBA. I realize right now the NBA is kind of feeling it and they're kind of looking at the NFL and say, hey, you guys are going down. We're catching up with you. And some of it feels a little bit like little brother tugging on big brother's shirt and saying, hey, I'm getting faster than you. I'm getting bigger than you. But be careful. Because don't forget that ESPN is getting some bills paid by that NFL. And make no mistake, as much as you can say, we're catching you, the NFL is the king in the United States. Hey, I'm not sure the NFL was thrilled with an ESPN personality putting them on blast because that is big money. And you know what? Her employer wants that money. I'm not saying you can't hate the NFL or hate football. Do whatever you want. But if you're going to call them out for all these things, make sure that you're walking that line in every facet of life. I hope you weren't going to the movies or staying home and watching movies on your TV. Because all these things are happening everywhere. There's bad people everywhere. There's bad things that happen everywhere. It's just the world we live in. It's not just football. Hey, coming back, we're going to finish up with what we learned from the weekend in sports. You know, we learned that winning a title, it doesn't make you any smarter. And one race car driver actually got a sponsor pulled for a 40-year-old crime. Going to talk about that when we get back. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. September's Loot Crate theme is now out, and it features items from Alien, The Predator, The X-Files, and Venom. But if none of those franchises interest you, trust me, go over to Loot Crate. They have just about anything you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order, just as a little thank you for listening to Daily Dose. So now, we've got to finish up with what we learned from the weekend in sports. And shifting over to the NBA, which we know can do no wrong, we learned that you can win a title, but it doesn't make you any smarter. You might not realize this. But Los Angeles police say that former Golden State Warriors guard Nick Young was arrested in Hollywood over the weekend during a late night stop for a routine traffic violation. Officer Mike Lopez, a department spokesman, told the Associated Press that Young was arrested late Friday for delaying an investigation, which is a misdemeanor. Now, Lopez says Nick Young didn't obey the officers, became upset, and caused a delay. According to Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, Young, who is 33, was arrested just before midnight local time. He was released on $10,000 bail about three and a half hours later. Now, Nick Young is currently a free agent. He averaged about seven points a game this last year for the Warriors. And it doesn't sound like Young did anything, you know, too crazy, aside from not doing what officers were asking him to do. But it's Los Angeles, bro. You know the history of Los Angeles cops, right? I mean, I realize you just won a title with the Warriors, but come on, man. Like we say here a lot on the dose, just be smarter. I know you won a title, but be smarter. You could get yourself into some pretty serious trouble for something really, really stupid. Swaggy P, it doesn't change. Like, you can be a title winner. You can have the ring. Hey, I've got a ring. You can't take that away. No, you're right. But I also can't make you any smarter. Have some sense, Nick Young. 
doesn't make any sense whatsoever. One final thing that I learned this weekend is that the statute of limitations does not apply to auto racing sponsor. Now, this is kind of a bizarre story. We don't talk a whole lot of auto racing here on The Dose, but this one I kind of had to talk about. Plus, it has the name Daily in it. So I figured, you know, why not? It seems that NASCAR racing driver Connor Daly is going to pay for the sins of his father. Now, Connor's father, Derek Daly, was a race car driver back in the 70s and 80s. On Thursday, he admitted that during a live radio interview in the early 1980s, he used a racial slur. Connor Daly was born in 1991. This took place back in the 80s. But on Friday, Lily Diabetes pulled their sponsorship decals from Connor Daly's number six NASCAR ride, saying they didn't want the distraction from their cause. Now, Connor Daly actually has type 1 diabetes. So you would think that would make him a very good candidate to be a representative for Lily Diabetes. But Lily says they didn't want what Daly's father said over 30 years ago to be a distraction. Hey, the only way it's a distraction is if you put a giant spotlight on it, Lily. Connor didn't do anything. You did that. And believe me, I'm not trying to minimize what the father did. We all understand that's wrong. But the kid didn't do it. Hey, this is what we do as people, right? We try to evolve. We try to get better. Connor Daly didn't do anything. That's on his dad. All you had to do was not bring him into it. Why is he paying for the sins of what his dad did almost 40 years ago? I'm telling you, sometimes common sense is not all that common. Hey, we've got a very interesting week here for you at The Daily Dose. Like I said, we are going to be getting ready for football season all week, and we are going to be taking a much closer look at the upcoming college football season. Get ready. It is coming. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Monday. For all of you that share the show, thank you so much. We do appreciate that. If you're not subscribed to The Daily Dose wherever you listen, please be sure to click that little subscribe or follow button so that you make sure you don't miss a single episode. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday.